Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon and their award-winning People Cloud loyalty solution. Epsilon has actually just released a guide on the topic of contactless loyalty, which explores how marketeers can create human-like connections with their customers in an increasingly contactless world. I would highly recommend you have a look, so to download the guide, visit emia.epsilon.com forward slash Let's Talk Loyalty and you'll find the guide in the resources section. So welcome to episode 65 of Let's Talk Loyalty. And today I am delighted to be interviewing Paul Smitten, who is very well known, I think, all around the world in terms of his loyalty career. Currently working as CEO of Asia Miles, based out of Hong Kong, but with an extraordinary career that we're going to go through, which spans, I believe, in excess of 20 years. So first and foremost, Paul Smitten, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Happy to be your 65th. Um, guest on the show. Well done. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And for listeners, I should explain uh, with the uh, busy travel season, I hope coming up for myself, if nobody else, um, we're recording, in fact, in middle of November to release in mid-December. So um, by the time this goes out on air, we should probably be wishing people happy Christmas. But anyway, I won't get ahead of myself. (laughs) Great. So, Paul, uh, first and foremost, as you know, we start every show uh, really trying to understand from senior people in the industry, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Uh, look, Paula, there's so many. I, I love some of the stats that come out of this industry. It's really, really fascinating, some of the engagement uh, indicators that we, we get, um, some of the links between spend behavior and, and you know, what goes on to happen in, in terms of future engagement, especially yeah. when they make, make a, take a reward. But, but there's one stat that I just love, uh, and this goes back to you know, many, many years ago, actually, um, and, I, and I, one of the airlines that I worked with, um, we had this great stat very much from the very beginning, right when someone joined the program. We used to ask a whole lot of interest data mm. about, about customers, and one of them was um, just a very simple question around when they travel, where do they like to sit? Mm. Um, and if they said window seat or aisle seat, it became this massive predictor of future behavior. Um, and so without any in, insight, any actual transaction behavior at all, yeah. we could predict what someone would go on and, and become with pretty high certainty. It was sort of a ratio of two to one. Wow. Um, and so uh, no, no no surprise when you really dig into it. It's kind of pretty obvious actually with, with the benefit of hindsight. But people yeah. who say window seat tended to be leisure travellers and people yeah. who said aisle tended to be business travellers. Now, yeah. you know, there's no sort of major rocket science behind that, but it, it, it's basically a simple premise that business travellers want to sit at the front of the plane in an aisle seat and get off and get to their their destination quickly. Absolutely. So, yeah. Wonderful that from a loyalty program that if you didn't ask that question, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know uh, what that future like. So yeah. just, a, just a fun little stat. As I say, there's so many stats. Yeah. Um, I love it. And I know 
Maybe just very quickly, there's one that I, another one I really love, which is when customers, um, you know, get a reward quickly in a program. Yeah. You know, they tend to go on and be much, much more valuable um, yeah. in, in terms of um, future behavior, right? They almost like get the concept, they totally. see the value, and then they go on to become really loyal customers after that. So I, I love love things like that, you know, um, often referred to as sort of a golden moment in a yeah. program yeah. when you get that early on. So that's a, that's a really neat, neat moment in, in a program. And it's something that as any program operator, you should always be looking for yes. uh, and making sure that your, your program promise is being um, fulfilled. Absolutely. It's a great one to start with, Paul. And I think I said to you off air the last time we spoke, actually, I remember in my own British Airways days, we called it the Rocket Blues. So it was just identifying that cohort, which um, really wasn't getting the, the tier benefits or the recognition, but was on a trajectory that meant actually they should be really treated almost as a separate segment. So um, I love that you identified it purely from the, uh, the, the choice of seating because I remember when I went from that, um, you know, just traveling back and forth, for example, to Dubai myself and, you know, wanting a window seat. And then it was just like, oh, you know, I'm done with that now. I just need to be able to get in and out of the bathroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a brilliant one to, to get started with, Paul. And actually, I also like um, your second one there about um, speed to reward. And I was listening back to, to a couple of my old episodes myself recently. And um, I also did an interview with um, the AA Advantage program. And we were talking about KPIs. And in fact, one of the key KPIs they do measure is um, speed of engagement from the moment of enrollment to the speed of engagement. So I, I can hear that's the same kind of insight that you're focused on in terms of your perspective. Yes, very much so. It's, um, you know, I think with any reward program that works well, uh, and it, uh, there's a lot of reward programs out there that I don't think do a great job, right? They're, they yeah. sometimes can end up being disloyalty because they, yeah. they create a promise that doesn't get fulfilled, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, end up doing more harm for the business than, yeah. than, than good. So it's really important that, you know, you see customers earning and getting rewards. Um, and, and the sooner that happens, the sooner mm -hmm. they feel the, the benefit of participation, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's when you start to see a lot of magic happening. So Wonderful. for me, um, you know, things like expiry is an you know, important factor. Um, mm -hmm. If that's too high, mm -hmm. um, then that, that is an indication that you're, you've got a low engagement program. So yeah. You know, when I talk to a lot of other companies and with their own programs and they sometimes they're hooked on that drug of um, expiry. Uh, and so that they're really under investing in their proposition and they're wondering why it's not working. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk to them about wow. you know, maybe joining, joining the Asia Miles Coalition, yeah. um, you know, sometimes the, the, the cost can be a barrier. They go, well, it's costing me more. And it's like, well, that's because we're actually delivering on the reward promise. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, if you're looking at it from a, a, a purely a cost perspective, you know, then, then you're missing the point, right? If, if you're totally. relying high breakage models. Yeah. Um, so that, that's an interesting um, yeah, perspective on the program. So yeah. you, you get what you sow. Totally. 
Yeah, it's probably a pet peeve of mine, actually, Paul, you know, having gone into plenty of meetings where people are like, you know, convince me that I need a loyalty program. And I'm like, no, I think <laughs> this is not the right question to start with. <laughs> this is not my job to convince you. Um, so, yeah. And I like that you use the word drug, actually, Paul, because, you know, it really has to it has to have the integrity. And I've said this a, a hundred times on the show before, and I can see actually um, a lot of the work you've done in terms of writing about loyalty and, and talking about loyalty it really is showing up for the customer and making sure that they get to engage with you in the way that you've promised them to. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you think about a reward program, the whole concept of joining it is that you're after yeah. rewar a reward, right? That's that's the program promise. Yeah. Um, you know, without laboring the point, if you're not um, delivering yeah. on that, that's that's the that's the critical moment. That's the net promoter score moment. Yeah. Where I've saved and saved and saved, and now yeah. I've got some. That's when you either make them feel like their experience is better than their expectation, or it's yeah. worse. Yeah. And so, and that, that's that's sort of uh, you know the, obviously the behavioural aspect of getting the reward is one thing, but then the emotional side of it, the net promoter aspect. You know, how do yeah. they feel now that they've done that? You know, was it easy? Yeah. Um, was it? Did they get what they wanted first time? Yeah. All those sort of considerations come into um, how the how the program actually delivers on that promise. Absolutely. Um, so, it's the range of reward. How long did it take to get there? Yeah. Um, all those things and then accessibility, yeah. um, ability, all those things start coming into the, you know, how people feel about the reward. And that, that then leads to ongoing future engagement if you get that right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Paul, but my own sense is I almost, uh, maybe it's like having a child, <laughs> you know, you almost forget about the pain of the earning process, you know, if the if the redemption process is good enough, you know, um, because there's where the long-term memory comes in, you know, that's where the joy comes from. So, um, you know, I think it's perfectly fine to make people wait in terms of earning the reward, you know, uh, would you, would you agree? Yeah, if there is, it's, um, whilst I, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> rightly compared childbirth to uh, as an observer to yes, childbirth. Me too. Um, <laughs> I can um, I can see that you know it is a, obviously a painful process, but then there's a lot of enjoyment at the other end. So, um, oh, you know, uh, yeah. So we won't labour that analogy That's too far. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, it's um, it is a bit like that. And actually, um, there's a lot of lot of uh, research that says that, you know, if if customers um, take a cashback type reward program, yeah. um, and they're sort of just transacting, and then they're getting a cashback at the yeah. till, yeah. Um, whilst that's attractive in terms of simplicity mm. and ease mm. of use, yeah, it doesn't necessarily lead to better and longer term engagement. So there's, yeah. there's something about saving and building up for a yeah. higher order goal. Yeah. And even if, even if it ends up being, you know, a reward like a mm. cash card or a, mm. a voucher that you can use in a store, yeah. that's still better, right, than, than something that just happens as a, yeah. you know, get a dollar off or $2 off mm. uh, a, a transaction as a sort of everyday. Yeah. Um, and I, I, one of the programs I, I worked with, a, a grocery program a few years ago, mm. um, they actively um, tried to discourage customers from taking the redemption at, at the checkout. Um, that, that was largely because they saw um, that the program customers ended up being less engaged and almost felt like some regret, buyer's remorse, wow. um, having used the points in that way. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, so sometimes actually, whilst it's maybe uh, yeah. utilitarian, it's attract, it looks like it should be a good thing. And you yeah. ask customers and they go, would you like to be able to do this? And they go, yeah, that'd be great. Totally. The of what actually happens in terms of engagements is mm. sometimes. So that's where I guess loyalty marketing professionals, we need to think about, mm. you know, the balance between what the customer asks, what they think they want and what mm. you think is best for them. Yeah. Um, and so it's yeah. often a balance between the two, right, is the right answer. So you do want, yeah. you want to make it easy, but, you know, I, I do know for a fact that if people save for something yeah. that's higher, you yeah. get a better bit of return. But, you know, obviously you don't want them to save for too long, right? So that's, mm. that's a sort of... Um, divisibility of the reward as well um if it if it's going to take many many years to get somewhere yeah then that's going to lead to you know lack of engagement long term so i think there's something around you mm. know finding that sweet spot um you know in in, in the program uh, the asia miles program is typically you know almost two years that people build a balance and they save up and then they redeem right interesting now absolutely that, that's, yeah. not bad. that's not a bad time frame for mm. a, for something like a holiday yeah uh, you know, so getting away on a plane somewhere, mm. um, that's 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 quite quite cool. Mm. Um, we are looking at things we recently launched back in January, um, uh, kind of what we call a miles plus cash option as well. Right. So customers yeah. in their booking uh, on Hong Kong Express, for example, they can use their miles um, to to part pay for a reward. Mm. Um, so. That, that, things like that, that that allows you to get there a bit quicker and that's not bad. But again, it's still saving up for and using. Yeah. Um, so I think right. that's that's the, the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, love it. Great. And uh, I think I mentioned uh, at the start, uh, you're over 20 years in loyalty, but I think my maths is wrong. I think it's it might be 30. <laughs> I don't want to age you, Paul. But I saw a brilliant um, piece of history on your LinkedIn profile, which showed me that you joined Air New Zealand um, as a graduate trainee and did um, obviously a spectacular two years in that um, trainee role and were then promoted to head of loyalty for Air New Zealand uh, literally after straight from trainee. I think it's the biggest promotion I've ever heard of. You, you've got to tell us the story. Yeah, look, um, no, I liked the way you thought about it it's initially, Paul. I think 20 years sounds much better than <laughs> um, you're very old. But um, but yeah, if I go back to that um, that role, uh, yeah, I did join uh, in New Zealand as a graduate trainee out of, out of university. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was a trainee program. It was, it was all good fun. Um, and, and then one fine day, uh, the chief commercial officer at uh, in New Zealand, who was sort of my sp- sponsor in the, into the business because uh, I was uh, I came from a commercial course. Yeah. Uh, and he said, "Look, um, I need someone to come in and help set up a, a loyalty program. We haven't got one. Can you can you um, come and help me do this?" Wow. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a pretty bit of a crazy thing and what they actually said to me was um we've just heard in the market that Qantas uh, are about to launch their first loyalty program um and we really don't want to be in market without one mm. um, so can you come and help do it and we and you need to do it in four weeks oh um, my word <laughs> <laughs> wow so uh, I remember uh, at the time obviously it was pre-internet so it was pretty hard to do research and I was in New Zealand so a long way from other programs Um, and so I I did a lot of research um, you know pick brochures things like that Um, you know so actually the old um, member 
guidebooks that used to be existed as printed books that talked about how to earn earn points, how to redeem, yeah. and all the terms that were produced. Yeah, so I, I managed to get a bunch of those. Um, the one that I ended up kind of modeling the program on was the Continental One Pass program, okay. um, which in, you know, Continental ended up being acquired by United and the program merged into Monage Plus. But yeah, so going going way back, that was the program that I sort of used as the model. Um, and because I only had those four weeks, I didn't have time to do anything yeah. that you normally do. Um, okay. No IT systems, no... Um, no branding, no customer service stuff, no nothing. Okay. Um, so it ended up we we ran um, ran two weeks uh, over over the deadline. Okay. And the program from nothing to uh, launched in six weeks. Um, and so talk about people talk about being agile uh, and <laughs> minimum viable product uh, yeah. as a sort of a new concept, but gee, wow. that was uh, that was that on steroids. Uh, so the program. You know, it was up and running and then off off we went. So I was lucky enough to really grow with it. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, you know, hiring marketing teams, operations teams, IT teams, yeah. partnership teams, everything that you yeah. need. Um, and, you know, in the first uh, 18 months, I was kind of doing um, very much an operational role mm. during the day, being okay. with uh, customer issues because you can imagine totally you that quickly. Yeah, uh, there was no time to really get everything in place, and then uh, and then in the evenings I was kind of catching up and doing all the other stuff. So I was kind of doing yeah. hundred hours every week for about eighteen months. It was oh crazy. my goodness! Wow, but, yeah, so it was good fun. So baptism of fire. When I so started off, not even knowing. I mean, I remember someone saying, "We need an FFP," and I, what's that stand for? Um, <laughs> wow. So it was quite, uh, quite yeah, quite interesting baptism. And so, yeah, and then that became, that really defined my whole career. So totally. really moment of luck, um, you know, in terms of that that phone call from the chief commercial officer. Wow. Uh, yeah, so um, there you go. I could probably waffle on about that for a while. Aww. That might be more podcast in itself because it was an incredible experience. For yeah. sure. I love it, Paul, though. But I mean, it, it, there was obviously an aptitude that you had. As you said, you, you were already in a commercial uh, mindset, I suppose, from a university perspective. Um, to, be, to be able to come in and figure out even the operations. And again, I've largely worked on the operational side of loyalty programs. That in itself is extraordinarily challenging. But to get to where you are today in terms of CEO of Asia Miles, and you know, I know you have a very strong background in terms of understanding all the technology and all the customer insights. So, um, extraordinary work going on with Asia Miles. And you mentioned um, earlier a bit about uh, the change in strategy for Asia Miles. So, I think you're moving away from um, the lifespan of Miles with Asia Miles and into more of an activity-based structure. So, I'd love to hear a bit about that change you've made uh, to the program. Yeah, sure. Look, um, we up until the end of last year, the program rules were that we had um, a fixed life of a point um, uh, from earning date to expiry date. It was three years. Mm. Um, so from 1 January this year, all new miles that are earned uh, are in an activity-based um, regime. So we have um, an 18 months rule. So as long as you uh, maintain some sort of activity on your account in that 18-month period, then your, your miles keep 
keep active, right? Mm. And so that that's um, that was a business case um, last year mm. that we put together, uh, and then you know got it signed off, and then did all the technology behind the scenes to get ready for it. Mm. Uh, launched it, um, it for first of January. So actually, to be honest, it was a really good thing to have done because what it means now is that you know in the current environment, you know, yeah. people maybe less flying activity yeah. uh, are to um, keep active in other ways. So yeah. that's really cool. And I, I'm, it's a personal, uh, it was a personal bugbear of mine um, in that the program was, you know, had that fixed life of a point. Yeah. Um, I think activity base is much, much more customer centric. I agree. Um, yeah. People that are um, um, saving up for, yeah. you know, bigger rewards, maybe yeah. trip of a lifetime type thing. And, and yeah. you know, now you can do that. So I think yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a big change. And, and luckily enough, uh, we put that in, you know, we got that business case signed off um, and then, uh, you know, COVID hit. So it was quite good timing in a way. Mm. Um, there was a few other changes we made to the program, uh, which also were quite quite good, well-timed as okay. well. So, um, again, benefit of hindsight, they all came in pre-COVID. Uh, okay. So that we we pulled it, put in the whole Adobe stack. So we okay. got all the full personalization, digitization mm. around um, uh, you know, member engagements, whether it be Adobe Experience mm. Manager, Adobe Campaign, Adobe Target, wow. all those tools. Um, so it allowed us to be, be really uh, targeted, relevant uh, to yeah. customers with their marketing messaging. Mm. Um, also took the opportunity uh, into last year again to replace the uh, e-commerce store. Uh, so we we had a you know, old technology. We put in a, a leading edge um, piece of technology around SAP with uh, okay. hybrid. And so, you know, again, put that in place, launched mm. it last year. There was a lot of changes in the last year. Wow. Uh, having that um, through this year has been really powerful because the yeah. um, so not as much flight redemption happening. Yeah. Um, so non-air redemptions become really important because yeah. people can use miles for, you know, whether it was the iPhone 12 that was launched recently. Um, wow. That was a regular redemption item. Sure. Um, redeeming for first class wine, all sorts of stuff happening that, you know, yeah. if you didn't have that commerce and play, yeah. um, you wouldn't have been in a great place in COVID. So, yeah. Uh, yeah well so those, done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I was say I wish it was sort of COVID planning, right? But it was yeah, uh yeah. that we got them in pre-COVID and and then they've been really valuable at yeah. the last Ten months or so. Yeah. Well, thank goodness for that. As you said, uh, nobody can, uh, you know, really have any, um, you know, foresight of something like this. And even like I've spoken to a few friends of mine um, in the airline business around the world about, you know, business continuity planning. But it was always really, I suppose, from a safety point of view. So, you know, as an airline, obviously, it's 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 core to the business, and everyone thinks about it every day. But I don't think anyone in the industry had really planned for something that would ground the airline that wasn't safety related, you know, in terms of the aircraft safety. So, um, yeah, from a loyalty perspective, nobody had thought about this kind of thing. So I'm super happy that you had everything in place. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we um, as a loyalty business, separate to the airline business, you know, we, we've, um, you know, we didn't predict a global pandemic, right? Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm that, um, <laughs> not going to say we were that clever. Yeah. Um, we did, you know, think about, we have our own risk plan we have you know it's quite separate to the airline okay. uh, 
we ran, you know, we've always run that for the last couple of years, at least in my during my tenure. Yeah. Um, looking at vulnerability and impact. Um, and so things like revenue concentration as a as a as a risk item was okay. up okay. for pre-COVID. Okay. Um, you know, like reward uh, uh, range. Mm. You know, it was up. Let's say how do we diversify? So actually so okay. even though we didn't um, predict the pandemic, yeah, um, some, of the, some of the risks that we'd identified um, and and the mitigation plans that we'd put in place meant that you know we were in a better place yeah. to deal with. You had a plan, sure. yeah, yeah, plans. So it wasn't wasn't impossible. Okay, um, we also did quite a bit of, um, and we continue to do um, uh, working with our PR agency. Okay, you know, crisis. Is handling so yeah you know from a loyalty business perspective and some of those things were more around you know what happens if there's a data breach you know how would we handle that you yeah know, you know things like that those sorts of things that are pretty obvious yeah um, but then they, but they're linked to how do you give people confidence and make them feel that you can trust the currency yeah uh, and all that so some of the I guess risk planning and crisis handling yeah kind of scenario planning we'd done actually did help us quite well. So mm. in terms of communications you know, going into COVID, making sure members realise that, you know, we've got this, you know, it's not, yeah. you yeah. don't need to worry, you know, you can keep redeeming where you go, it's all fine. Yeah. Um, Save for the future, that's fine. You, you use your miles now, that's fine too. Okay. And, uh, and some airlines, you know, made the decision to say, you know, let's, let's turn off the tap, right, yeah. and stop redemption and what that does is just creates this negative totally. energy yeah. and, and takes away the trust that members have yeah um, and so when you take trust when you break that trust it's mm. very hard to get it back right mm. so yeah. so we we were very confident in, in our approach and made sure we yeah. um gave gave members that confidence as well yeah that was really love it yeah. Mm. And actually there's a there's a quote that I saw in an article that you you wrote Paul which I'll just um uh, mention for for listeners and it was around this idea loyalty isn't dead you just have to earn it which I thought was lovely. Especially in its simplicity, Paul, because um, there is a lot of concern, I think, particularly about different generations in terms of whether they want to engage. But increasingly what I'm hearing is they just understand the game a lot better than we give them credit for. So they know their data has value. They've seen it with with the the social media giants. So if you're going to ask for their data now, you know, what are you going to do with it and and what's in it for me? Yeah, and I think that's, that's the same in any generation really is so mm. but you're right younger the younger generation probably um get to the the nub of the issue quite quickly um, yes. and, and it's probably quicker to yeah to maybe maybe to call bullshit on something <laughs> if it's not real yeah right? so, yeah which is fine um <laughs> as they yeah. should for sure yes yeah, so i think i think that's um that's uh you know for me that's what it comes down to so at the end of the day mm. is it a customer Position that somebody um, you know can see value in. If there's a good value exchange, then fine. Yeah. If there's not, then you got a problem, right? It's sure. it's was that. So yeah. Um, so I think the actual that that test, right? Is this um, something that looks and feels right? Um, you know, if it, if it does, and you think, well, that that's that's a reasonable value exchange, then fine. Right? Yeah. It's going to work. Yeah. And if it smells funny and then yeah. and they start as a team thinking, yeah. well, how do we package this? Yeah. You're already up to lose, right? Totally. You've got to yeah. make sure that 
there's value is there that and and rewards rewards programs right um that that whole thing about loyalty is isn't dead and you have to earn it, it, it for me it's about trust right you've yeah. you just got to you got to earn that over time every single day right yeah. that that's what the program is all about how do you yeah. um make the customer feel that this is this is an exchange that's worth having mm. uh, and it's you know there's some simple program constructs as well that come from that you know you've got to have desirable rewards you've got mm-hmm. to better get mm. to those rewards in a reasonable time frame mm. um, you've got to make it as pain-free and frictionless as possible when you when you get yeah. there yeah um, you know, so we've been doing things like okay people want to redeem online so how do we make sure yeah the majority of them are online so mm. We're up to 90% now. 90% of our rewards are all redeemed online. Amazing. There's a few complex ones where people have to contact the call center because of, yeah. you know, complex itineraries and things like that. Um, yeah. But generally speaking, it's it can all be done online and that's what people want. We're yeah. about to sit and, then, and, and use it. Yeah. And actually, it's I'm smiling here, Paul, because uh, you reminded me of um, a moment yesterday um, outside of the airline industry, I will say, with my bank, which will remain eternally nameless because uh, I tend to uh, sometimes mention my frustrations with various banks. But exactly to your point, you know, uh, my credit card entitles me to an airport transfer. And for the life of me, I cannot find anyone to tell me how to book it. Like, honestly, I've been on the call center for an hour waiting to book. <laughs> so that's not loyalty. So I love that you have 90% online. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, look, it's funny, isn't it? You, you see these programs, right? And they, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they, some of them are just, just dreadful. Um, yeah. And The benefits you... exist. That's the frustrating thing. I know I'm entitled to it. They know I'm entitled to it. We just can't, you know, seem to plug it together that they can tell me how to, how to avail of it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I had one similar, similar sort of vein where I've been upgraded, like upgraded to their top tier of this yeah. program. Um, okay. And, you know, and, I, and I was like, okay, well, it's interesting. What do I get now? I didn't know yeah. what I got before. <laughs> and I've discovered that there are four levels in this program, and I won't won't name them to protect protect yes. the innocent uh, <laughs> and the guilty. Um, but the um, you know, it was like, okay, great, four 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 tiers, and I'm the top tier what do I get? And oh my goodness, it's just that this list of, you know, get 10% off here. You know, you can download this app, show this thing, oh, get this cup. Wow. Get 10%. I'm going, really? Is that, yeah. is that what I get as a your top platinum customer? Like, come on. That's, oh, that's yeah. not really worth um, <laughs> it's a lot of effort for a very little benefit. So, um, oh, it's yeah, funny. People wonder why these programs aren't driving engagement and you know, yeah. driving loyalty. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Some of the other fabulous stuff you've done, Paul, I know with Asia Miles um, is is quite innovative. Um, and we, we talked about, for example, I know you've got a chatbot by the name of Samantha. Um, you've got some live chat functionality. And I think you're also exploring um, various, I suppose, interests that customers are coming through with in terms of wellness. So I'd love to just talk about um, beyond the basics, because just for, for listeners, I looked up some of your stats. You've 12 million members, um, Asia Miles has been running since 1999. You've over 800 program partners um, and a huge team running it. So so plenty of scope to do um, a lot of exciting stuff. So I, I'd love to hear about any of it. Mm, wow. Okay. Big question. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll start with Samantha. Yes, um, tell us. The first part. Um, so Samantha or Sam and uh, 
not the most innovative name, but it, we, we sort of had service at Asia Miles. Okay. So, as so, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, that was where that name came from, okay. which is fine. Um, and so she's um, our sort of, I guess, first line of uh, customer service. Okay. And so, you know, some customers want to be able to just self-serve, right? They just want to come on, ask totally. a simple question, yeah. get the answer. And, and so using that AI technology, um, she's able to um, help find information for people quite quickly. Okay. Um, and so that's been quite well received. So that, that was launched um, last year. And, and so that's... Uh, hmm, and on. can I clarify, sorry, Paul, is that for Asia Miles and it's on WhatsApp, am I right? Uh, so that is on our um, website and app. Okay. So you can... It's like a, uh, okay. a channel. A live chat. That. So I, I sort of think about it like a, a pyramid, right? So we, we have that sort of self-serve. And then and then if you want to go to the next layer of um, customer contact, mm-hmm. um, something that I can't find easily like that, mm. you then have WhatsApp. So okay. um, customers love, I don't know about customers in Dubai, but certainly in For sure. Asia, Hong, yeah. people all over WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, it's what sort of live in for most of their messaging. Totally. Um, and so we, we now have that availability so customers can, can um, contact us through through um, through WhatsApp. Amazing. Uh, we also have live, live chat, you know, it's the same sort of thing. It's just a different channel um, yeah. using a, a technology that we have on our, on, uh, in our website and app. Mm. So customers go through live chat um, or WhatsApp. So we're just trying to be agnostic that people – yeah. interact with us um now trying to solve for many things like like that and um yeah. and then if if it's an even more complex thing then it then it can go to a physical call and typically that's that's the the hardest stuff like i said before maybe a multi-destination yeah. stopover and yeah i don't know things like that that bit hard to do um so that you know try and try and free up our contact center agents to be able to you know, spend time solving more complicated stuff mm. um, and lead them up from the, you know, the basic things. And what's great about live chat or WhatsApp is they can do multiple customer handling at once. Yeah. Um, so it's, that, um, um, it's quite efficient as well, um, mm. but it's, yeah, customers like it as well. So it's, it's going really well. Yeah. So that innovation which we brought in, which has gone, gone, gone really well, mm. um, we've also done a lot of other things. We've introduced um, blockchain in the program as a way of helping our, um, you know, some of our smaller partners um, interact with the program and get miles into customers' accounts more quickly, mm. um, being quite successful um, and, and, you know, making, making the, uh, the miles more easily to earn. Mm. So it's not, it's not um, Bitcoin, that's blockchain. According okay. To yes. Very important distinction. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, more just a back-end um, processing tool yeah. to, to make things quicker, more secure, okay. um, and more efficient. Um, yeah, so things like that. We, you mentioned wellness as well. That's something that we're we're seeing more and more of people wanting to um, uh, earn miles for for wellness-related activities. Mm. Uh, so, so that's something that we've actually. It's a bit of a work in progress. We've got a number of partners in the program already, and we've sort of position them and package them so that customers can see those. Great. Uh, and that's, you know, whether it's health insurance or partners yeah. like Green. Um, there's a company called Green Common in Hong Kong, which uh, 
are trying to get people to move um, from you know, meat replacement to um, vegetable protein-based product. Nice. Um, so we're promoting things like that. Mm. Um, you know, really good for society, but also good for members. Yeah. Um, we've also have things like um, you can earn miles for green electricity. So there's sort of general nice. yeah. categories that which is sort of trying to trying to build out. Yeah. Um, we will have more. So the plan is next year. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a wellness space, but we're okay. um, going to double down on that that wellness category. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're almost certainly going to, if you look at some of the good examples around the world and they might, uh, there'll be no surprise, but things yeah. like um, yeah. discovery with vitality in uh, in South Africa yeah. uh, and other markets around the world. But it also, you know, before I joined Asia Miles, I was I was with Qantas, and you know, so wellness was a big play at mm. Qantas. So look, there's a few things that are coming next year in that Great. space, which will make it even more interesting. Wonderful. Um, so can't, can't reveal too much yet. We're not ready to to yeah. launch it. Yeah, it's a bit of a sneak preview. Yeah, more love it. Yeah. And it's perfectly, though, aligned, Paul, in terms of, you know, the zeitgeist at the moment. So, um, you know, I'd be surprised if you weren't thinking along those lines almost. Um, but to go back to, to what you told us about um, just at the start of your answer there, Paul, the WhatsApp piece, I totally love, you know, because, yes, I, I find live chat very um, efficient uh, most of the time myself in terms of engaging. Um, but actually, WhatsApp is just where I live in terms of my communications. And I trust it. And I know it's been used um, very successfully, actually, um, by airlines over the last number of years. And I really feel it's amazing to see that that you guys are, are leveraging it for that customer service stuff. So I uh, just want to, to acknowledge the um, the innovation and just kind of blazing a trail for customers, because to me, that's true customer centricity. Like, you know, the, the, the whole piece around whether it's powered by AI or the blockchain piece that you talked about for merchants, um, you know, they all sound super, but they they don't impact me and I don't feel or see the benefit. But, um, yeah, I love the WhatsApp piece. Yeah, it's great. And you've got, and as you know, right, you have that history as well. Yeah. yeah. So chat, it's kind of the history is there for the issue, but then it's gone. Yeah. Uh, whereas that, you've kind of have that, that history with the customer too. So it's, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's just easy, right? Yeah. Um, it's interesting, actually. The other innovation I would mention as well is when we when we shut down uh, and all started working from home earlier this year within the team, um, we were like, okay, great, contingency planning, how do we do this? Luckily, you know, pretty much everybody was already on laptops, so it was, they were all fine. There was a few people yeah. that didn't, very small number, some of the finance team, for example, some yeah. of the admin team. Um, so we very quickly got them laptops as well. So they were up and running. Um, but we were able to work with some of the digital tools. Um, and so in our case, it was Microsoft Teams. Um, and so as an organization, we already had the, the license, mm. but it was one of those things that was sort of sitting on our laptops, but not yeah. really being actively used. Mm. Um, but then being to um, yeah, working from home, all of a sudden, that suddenly became a really powerful tool. And what, what it hap- what's happened, if I'm perfectly honest, I'd love to say it was all by design, <laughs> but it was more uh, a, a, a beautiful accident in that um, we found that we've now moved off um, Outlook as our sort of primary tool mm. um, to Microsoft Teams based. So there's, you know, lots and lots of team groups, um, you know, for sharing information. There's um, team chats 
you know, set up for, for different projects. Yeah. Um, we use Microsoft Project extensively. So we have for um, tracking projects. Um, so we see all these, um, you know, car, uh, cards for everything and, and, and all the different owners are able to manage those different things. And so for information sharing, um, agility, um, it's, it's great. So we've, we, that's another thing that we've found from an yeah. innovation perspective it's almost like redesigned the way we work so it doesn't matter where you are whether you're at work home a coffee shop um, whatever floats your boat yeah um, you, know, you can get get stuff done right? sure. and that's been great so uh, really really <laughs> neat um, happy accident as I say because of the um, yeah the, the environment we've found ourselves in yeah uh, so we're mostly back at work now but but again great there's no no pressure to be in the office if you're amazing in, if you're in the office, fine if yeah. not doesn't matter so it's, I think it's been good getting yeah. us getting getting more stuff done more quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. as as I've said once before, never waste a good pandemic. So you know, I shouldn't make light of it, but <laughs> you know, you, you described yourself before we came on air as a, a glass half full kind of person, and I like to to consider myself the same. So there are improved behaviours in so many areas of life, despite the trauma, obviously, and the, and, and the difficult times we're going through. So it's amazing to hear that level of agility coming through. Um, so well done you. Yeah, it's funny. There's that in the the cri- never waste a good crisis. Is I mean, it's as you say, we don't want to make light of the situation. In, yeah. in China, there's a concept called YG, which is this um, character that means yeah, it's become come to mean you know crisis and opportunity all in all in one. There you um, go. That's uh, so. That's I think part of the the yeah. Chinese culture as okay. well, um, which is you know let's let's figure out how do we yeah. you know make take make the opportunity. The yeah. Yeah, as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, listen, um, I've one more question, uh, Paul, and it's actually just, again, something I saw you kind of talking about, um, about an online community. I think you have about 6,000 members um, and you used a term which I thought was fantastic. This was one of your LinkedIn articles where you described today's choice rich world, which I just thought was a very succinct way of describing particularly, um, I suppose, loyalty airlines particularly, um, and obviously what, what Asia Miles is is um, differentiating, so I'd love to just understand um, how that community works, and you know, is it something that you use on an ongoing basis, or tactically, or or any insights you can share with me on that side of things? Yeah, certainly, Paula. It's um, you know, it's a big part of how we how we roll. Um, so we, I, I can't claim credit for it, but my predecessor um, was a massive um, fan of um, design thinking. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, one of the leading exponents of that in that space in uh, in Asia, um, and so you know, a lot of the team trained up on the the D school methodologies at Stanford. Wow. Um, so, yeah, a big part of how we how we roll is is design thinking. So, how might we change something? That's sort of how might we question. If you've ever had any design wow. thinking exposure. No. Um, but yeah, so having a, a customer panel is a really powerful tool that the um, team have in in thinking about changes. So they are able to engage with the customer panel. They're, they're very much a um, you know on tap resource. You know they're part of our our team. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you think about this, almost like super users, yeah. people who um, you know understand the program, value it, um, so we can go to that group. Test wow. ideas, 
find out what what's working well, what's not working well, yeah, um, and that to um, you know be a source for new ideas, understand issues, test yeah. test new ideas before they go out, mm. uh, and, and that's that's a big part of it. So that yeah, look, it's a it's a great thing. Every now and then they come, we get people into the office as well um, to as a part of that group talk to them mm. uh yeah so it's yeah really really useful okay. um because obviously yeah i talk about loyalty not just being about behavioral loyalty yeah it's emotional loyalty totally right? and yeah um we need to know you know they might be frequently engaging um so they're behaviorally loyal but yeah. are they emotionally loyal are they are they going to be the kind of customer that sticks around for the long term and that's that's where that sort of choice rich world yeah where people uh, able to shop around, choose their, choose different things all the time. Yeah. Well, what's going to make them feel a little bit better about you? Mm. And I'm not naive enough to think that they're going to be suddenly give us everything all the time. Right? Yeah. It's all about just moving the dial, getting more engagement, and just just building that over time, yeah. so that they do feel more connected to you. Mm. Um, and that's going to be good for the customer and, and good good for you as a business. Mm. Uh, that that's where it all comes together. Yeah, it's a great point, Paul, um, because yes, I might behave in a loyal way, but it might be because there is no other airline, for example, traveling to where I want to go. So that is definitely not um, the, the point of what we're, we're aiming to achieve. So I love that um, that, that distinction. It's, it's a really good one. Yeah, great. yeah, definitely. And for us too, it's we've got 800 program partners. We touched on that before, yeah. 12 million. Yeah, that, that um, engagement beyond the flying transaction mm. to how do we make sure the currency is relevant both for the partners but also mm. for the members? And so how do we extend into other sectors? So we've mm. we've done that very successfully in, in financial services, credit cards, banking, insurance, yeah. but also um, you know, into retail, dining, you know, those sort of categories. How do we also understand what's important in those other sectors? So mm. there's a lot of complexity because you you need to you know, it's not just travel, it's it's other other sectors as well. Yeah. Uh, can't assume what works in travel is going to work in another sector. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's another reason why you need that panel um, to, to do that. So, yeah. you know, we've done things like um, you know, we had an integration with a, a, the leading um, table reservation soft, uh, service in, in Hong Kong, a company called Open Rice. Mm-hmm. And so now we're you're able to account bind your um, Asia Miles account to your Open Rice account, and so you earn Asia Miles for each booking of Brilliant. a table. And it's also a partner restaurant. Yeah, you can earn miles directly from the partner restaurant. Love it. And if you use your credit card, you can earn on that as well. So there's kind of like three, three, three ways. And so triple dipping. Yeah. 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 Thing. And so you know, talking to customers, trying to understand the pain points around. Yeah, you know, dining and then building a UI UX framework that's going to be um, yeah. solve that pain point is the panel is invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And again, to your point earlier, you know, particularly in a year like 2020, when the the travel behaviour is is just um, impacted, um, it, it really does give a, a unique way for people to stay connected to, to Asia Miles. Absolutely. Spot Wonderful. On, Brilliant. Well, listen, Paul, I have asked everything that I've been dying to ask you. Have you any final closing points from your side before we wrap up? Oh, no, not really, Paul. I look, it's really fascinating. I love talking to someone who gets loyalty. It's uh, really neat. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's a tough time. And, and you know, what we're seeing as well is that the currency is still as attractive as ever. Yeah. Members love to collect them, the yeah. miles. 
Uh, I also think there's going to be a real dam burst of demand for for travel. I think we're all, yeah. um, whilst it's like Zoom, we're having this chat on Zoom, is fine. Um, yes. You know, it's, nothing beats having a chat, you know, face-to-face. Um, and so I think, you know, customers are looking forward to doing business face-to-face, taking holidays face-to-face, seeing, seeing yeah. friends and face-to-face. So, yeah. so I think... Now, what we are going to see is that there will be a real, um, real dam burst. And yeah. you know, actually, it's interesting in China. You know, we we uh, we've seen um, this real thing, this concept of revenge spend. Um, people coming rushing back into shopping malls to spend money. Yeah. Um, the MS um, uh, boutique in China in Guangzhou recently, uh, when it reopened after being closed for a few months. Um, sold 2.7 million US dollars worth of handbags in one day. Oh, um, wow! One right, that was a record for that shop. Wow! Um, you know that. So that 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 hunger to get out, spend is going is there. Totally. Um, research says people want to come back. So we're we're excited about just keeping on maintaining engagement. Yeah. Uh, being there when uh, when customers want to uh, you know start start traveling again. Wonderful. Well, listen, I certainly can't wait myself, Paul. Uh, I think we both share a love of travel as well as a love of loyalty. So I just want to really say thank you so much for your time today. Paul Smitten, CEO of Asia Miles. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.